Morning, everybody. Welcome to church. It's great that you're here this morning, and we're looking forward to all sharing together and just seeing what God will say to us today and how He's going to encourage us to grow and to become more and more like Him. We're in the middle of a series. Can anyone remember what the series is about? Values. Core values of our church. That's right. I said to the church last uh, week, the second service, I said, look, if you can remember this, I'll give you a prize. And today, if anyone can, in the second service, they're going to get a prize. But just so you can remember some of the values, if you can remember this next week and get up and do it first, want to put your hand up and do it, you'll get a prize. This is what our uh, first value was. We're Christ-centred. If you can remember that, Christ-centred. Biblically-based. Yeah, remember that? Uh, that we are a church that wants to worship God in every facet of our lives. Worship, remember that? Uh, that we're a church that's dependent on God and devoted to prayer. Prayer. Uh, then last week we talked about the fact that we're a loving Christian community. Now you can either do that one or you could do this one <laughs> if, you, if you wanted to. Loving Christian community. And then today, we're going to be talking about growing. And I just thought maybe growing, I'm just making these up, they're really daggy, but hopefully they help us remember them. Uh, growing, okay? You want to try that together? Yeah, let's try it, shall we? Are we a Christ-centered church? We're biblically based. We're a church that longs to worship God in every facet of our lives. We're a church that's dependent on God and devoted to prayer. And then uh, last week we talked about a loving Christian community. That's right, you can hug each other. The Dales are hugging each other up the back. And uh, this week's, we're growing. We're committed to growing in Christ-likeness. That's exciting, isn't it? We're, we're going to be looking at them for seven weeks. And today is our fourth message. And uh, this is our sixth value. Sometimes we've covered two values in one week but we've got 10 values in total that we're looking at together. So we're looking forward to that. Hey, church, I just want to say um, over and over again, I'm just uh, amazed at your generosity. Uh, last week, we gave you a week's notice just to see the, and say, could you come and see if you can help to give over and above your regular tithes and offerings to actually give to people in the community. And we had over... $5,000 community, uh, just given in one week. Isn't that great? So thank you. And uh, we're just going to take great delight in uh, giving that to people who are most needy in our community, in our loving Christian community, and also in our wider community and farmers and people that might be struggling. So thank you so much for your generosity. I want to also let you know that today the tickets go on sale for our Christmas musical. So the Christmas Rescue is uh, beginning and it's going to be uh, coming up soon and you need to get tickets quickly. We've got um, the, a couple of... The times are in your uh, news sheet where we've got a couple on the Friday night and on the Saturday night and on the Sunday night, three times, and we've got a matinee this year as well. So make sure you grab your tickets for that this morning as well. Also, once every five years we do something and you're going to be part of what we do uh, this five years. It's the National Church Life Survey and so our service will be finishing um, with our National uh, Church Life Survey. So the last 20 minutes we're just going to ask you to complete a survey during this service. It'll be happening at the 9 o'clock and at the 6.30 tonight 
And what we would just love you to do is take that time to fill that. It's important for a number of reasons. It gives us a church, as a church to get some feedback from, from you. And it also helps the wider church see uh, what's happening in churches around Australia. So churches right across Australia, right across all different denominations, will be doing it this month, uh, this five years. So we're part of what uh, God's church is doing right across Australia. So I'd love you just to remain, give your, your thoughts um, for that at the, uh, towards the end of the service. Also, tomorrow night at my place, if you haven't been baptised and uh, you, you might just be now thinking about, should I become a Christian? Is this what God's saying to me? Or should I be baptised? I've become a Christian now, I want to be baptised. This is a great step of obedience. When we come to know Jesus in our lives, we want to follow him. And he was baptised and he showed us that baptism was important. And uh, he calls us to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptising them. And when you put your trust in Jesus, uh, a public declaration of the decision you've made in your heart is through baptism. We're going to be talking about baptism, church membership, and a little bit about the church on, at my place, 7.30 tomorrow night and the next week. There's only two classes and then we'll be looking at baptisms in the weeks following. So come along if you can. That's all I wanted to share with you this morning. I wonder if we can turn to John uh, chapter 15. And as we look at growing, we'll look at uh, just the importance of uh, the only way that we can grow in our Christian lives, and that's being attached to the vine. John chapter 15, and I'll read from verses 1 to 8. Jesus said, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't pr produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask and request, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. And that's what we talked about in our worship, I'm bringing glory to our Father. So as we um, look on those words and as today we come to think about growing as a church and our, how our church values growth, let's pray, shall we? Oh God, we come to you this morning and we want to thank you. Thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you for revealing yourself to us and, and, and by filling us with your Holy Spirit as we put our trust in you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we want to thank you for sending your son to die on the cross and that through our faith in him, we have new life. Thank you that, Lord Jesus, you're alive today and you're at work in the church. And God, we pray that our lives will become more and more those that are constantly changed by you. 
And God, we want to be those that stand before you one day, transformed, those that have already lived lives that have been seeking to be godly and holy in every way. God, may we be those that produce fruit, we pray. Oh God, we continue to pray for our church. We pray that we would be a church that grows in spiritual maturity uh, with every single passing day. And God, we pray that we would become more and more like you, your bride, the bride of Christ. God, we want to thank you for uh, your constant care of us, your constant love of us, demonstrated through your word, God, through the people that we fellowship with each, each time that we meet together here and in small groups. And God, through even your love and care through the difficult things we face, God, we pray that we would continue to grow as we trust you through all that we face in our lives. And God, now as we continue to worship you, we want to give you thanks for all you are doing and all you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's very exciting, isn't it, when someone announces, we're having a baby. It's uh, great news. I can remember, usually it is, isn't it? Some of you laugh at that. But it's a bit of history there. We won't go into that. But usually when, uh, when, when someone says, we're having a baby, it's a great celebration. I remember us ringing my parents and, and ringing up Mandy's parents and saying, hey, we're, we're having a baby. And what starts to happen is that, uh, becomes a reality as you see the lump um, in the mother's tummy get bigger and bigger and joy continues to grow as we start to see the tummy grow and then there's delivery day and a great celebration uh, when the baby is born if it's healthy and whole and happy there's much rejoicing and I remember just having a list of people that I called when Alex uh, it was born and when George was born, just to tell them the great news, it's, it's incredible. And w when the child starts to grow in the family, uh, if the mother and father feed that baby, if they try and make sure it can get sleep, if they love it, if they provide a place of nurturing care, that baby will grow automatically into a healthy child. Uh, if the baby's not starved, if it's not loved, uh, if it's, you know, not neglected, then uh, it's going to grow happily. But if it is starved, if it's neglected of love, if it's abused or hurt, often the growth is hampered, sometimes to the point of death completely. I think the same is true of uh, babies or followers of Christ. Isn't it true? Some people begin attending church as they just sense God speaking to them in, in little ways. Maybe there's some things that they start to see in creation or a conversation at work with a Christ follower uh, develops into some interest and they start to either come to church or to talk more to a friend at work or to start going to a small group study. And they start to hear God's word and start to understand and start to sense God speaking to them and they understand the implications of what Jesus has done on the cross and the lump gets bigger and bigger. Then one day it comes to a point in people's lives and it comes in all different ways where this happens. But they start to realise that what Jesus has done for them on the cross 
what God is offering in a relationship with him based not on our works but on his grace. When people realise that God is saying, I want to come and empower you by my Holy Spirit, give you eternity forever. Uh, when the person opens up their heart and says, yes, by faith I'm accepting this, a spiritual birth occurs. Don't you agree? Um, James talks about that in James chapter 1 where it talks about that we receive the word of God and it's like the seed of God, almost like the semen of God, you know. The word of God planted in our hearts has taken root and we've become his followers. And, we, and we're, we're birthed as children in God's family. Now, the same that's true of babies seems to be true of Christ followers. And what happens is when, when the birth takes place, people grow to become more and more like Christ from the time they've put their trust in him. Does that mean that our church is passionate about making people grow to be Christ-like? Uh, no, not quite. We realise that we can't make people grow. I can't make you grow. You know, I, I, I looked at Georgia just the other day and she's our second child and she's only, she's five years old. I just looked at her and I saw her long legs and I thought, honey, you've just grown up so quick. But you know what, I've never once gone into her and said, Georgia, it's time you started doing a bit more growing. Come on, grow, get your legs a bit longer, grow a bit more. Because I can't make her grow. Georgia can't make her grow. She can't make herself grow. You know, God has created living things to grow. Healthy things that God has made that are alive are supposed to grow. And we don't have to make things grow by our own hard effort. What we need to do is provide a healthy environment for our babies or our children to grow, love them, nurture them, provide safe boundaries, help them and encourage them to grow. And they and God, because of the way that he's made them, helps them grow. God makes them grow. And it's the same with us as followers of Christ and his church. Uh, God is the one who makes things grow. Look at what it says here in Mark 4, 26 to 29. It says, this is what Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed and grain, and, and finally the grain ripens. As soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come. In verse 28, it reads, the earth produces the crops on its own. Now, the uh, New American Standard Bible says, the soil produces crops by itself. You know, the thing is, this kind of mysteriously happened, but the thought behind it all is that all by itself, things grow. That's how God made them to grow, and that's what God does. He makes things grow. Healthy things 
will grow. We look back to our conversion and when we come to know when uh, Jesus came into our hearts and we started to grow in him. Uh, Many people look back on that time and they think, I remember that day, you know. I remember when it happened. I remember uh, the song we were singing. I remember the church we were in at the time, the people that were around me. And they almost, some people get teary, and I think it's beautiful. It shows our specialness of that. But sometimes what we can do is we can take that and put it in a glass sort of cabinet and say that was when it was, God was really working in my life. Shut the cabinet and look away and say, now it's just wait until we get to heaven. God did that at the start. The next thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to be taken up to be with Jesus. And we forget that God's intention, that right from the very time we've come to know him till the time
leadership, things like life change. That's what we're on about. You know, we're on about uh, transformation. That's what we want. Came a clear a value that came right to the top of our hearts. See, living things are supposed to grow, and God re- requires us to change from unhealthy habits, unhealthy beliefs, unhealthy be- behaviours, things that we can change. We're to change so that the environment in our lives is one where God's Spirit can keep working and changing us. Um, Let me talk just a little bit about change because a lot of us perhaps don't really understand or don't think that God's really into change. In our lives, some changes are instant, such as when we make the decision to become followers of Christ. Some things happen straight away. In a moment of time, our life is transformed. We're born again. We become followers of Christ. The old is gone, the Bible says. The new has, has come. It's through repentance and faith in Jesus that that happens. Immediately, our sins are washed away. We're cleansed completely because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes in. We're made right before God. There is no stain, no sin because of what Jesus has done. We're God's children. We receive uh, God's forgiveness. Our spirits come alive and we can communicate with God our Heavenly Father, through prayer and worship. That happens the moment we put our trust in him. Our name because we've been thinking one way all of our lives. Our will needs to be surrendered to God and his way of doing things, not ours anymore. The emotions, they may need to have some new, some healing put in. We need to put some discipline in so our emotions just aren't running wild. Our old habits and old ways of living need to be broken and new godly habits need to be replaced from those old ones. We need to become what we already are in the justification process, we need to become that in reality, in our life as we live through faith in Christ. This process is called, anyone want to have a guess? Sanctification. That's right. So we're justified when we put our trust in Jesus. We're made right in his sight. He looks at us and he just sees Jesus. And that's how we are in our status before God. But our lives are anything from it when we first put our trust in him. And sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like Christ every day. You know, there's a third step in the process of change. And that's one day when the Lord returns, we will be changed completely. We will be transformed. All sin, all sickness, 
all suffering, all sorrow, all of that will be gone. Uh, our bodies will be changed. You know, uh, our bodies won't grow older and tighter and weaker. We'll be given a new heavenly body. And that's called, that event's called glorification. Uh, the beginning is great. The end is great. In the middle, we're in this time of transition where change occurs, where growth is needed. And we've got to hang on for the right of our lives. Sometimes it's really, really painful. Sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes we find ourselves feeling like we just want things to stay the same. But God wants us to keep growing, to become more and more like him. This process can be kind of likened to um, the image of a, of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You know, the change happens through what's called metamorphosis, and that takes place inside a cocoon. And it involves uh, a lot of time and a lot of struggle within for this process to take place and the butterfly to come out. And it's the same with us. We're struggling and wrestling within so that what can come out is this beautiful Christ-likeness. That's the way it is with the church. At times, things might look great in the church. Sometimes it might not look so great. But we know that whatever we go through as a church, it can be used in the process of transforming this church into something beautiful, into something incredible and magnificent. It will take time. It will take struggle. But in the process, as a church, we need to learn to accept that things will be constantly growing if we're healthy. If we're healthy. God wants you and I uh, to grow and he wants us to grow more and more like Jesus. Look what it says in uh, Romans 8.29. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. God wants you and I to become like Jesus. Now, we know we'll never be uh, Jesus. We'll never be a God. We should never try and become God. There's only one God and that's the way it is. But God wants us to become God-like, to have godly characteristics, to enable God's spirit to, to live in us. And, and our ultimate goal should be to live our lives on earth, not for our glory, but for God's glory, not for our uh, comfort, but for our character to become more and more like Christ. God really wants us to become like him. He doesn't want you to lose all your uniqueness. God's made you with a personality. He's made you with the character. He's made you with um, passions. He's made you with skills. He wants to change your character to become more Christ-like. But your personality and your skills and abilities, you know, he's given you those and he wants to use those. But your personality is who you are. See, 
what, what does this Christ-likeness look like? If, if God wants us to grow to be more like Jesus, okay, he says he wants us to be transformed into the image of his son. If he wants us to, to, to grow like that, then what would that look like in the end result? Well, there's lots of passages in the Bible that talk about your need for him that's what God wants you to be like people who mourn people who are humble people who hunger and thirst for justice who are merciful whose hearts are pure who work for peace who are persecuted for doing right I want to have you look down that list are you becoming more and more like that in your Christian life or are you staying the same or perhaps that's less of what you're like he wants us to have these traits. Not only that, but he talks about in Paul writes in that great chapter on love, what love really is like. And, and God wants us to be people that demonstrate the love of Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 4 and 7, love is patient. He wants us to be patient, kind, not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, not demanding our own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no records of wronged. Of being wronged. It, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's what Christ-likeness is like, having those qualities. Paul said, hey, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that God is at work in your life and you're becoming more and more like him is that you produce this kind of fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against those, Paul says. And that's what God wants us to display in our lives. So he's not wanting to make our life comfortable. He's wanting to make us godly people so everything that you face is an opportunity to become more christ-like or not he's wanting you to grow healthy and more mature to be like christ now remember it's not your job to produce christ-like character in you it's the holy spirit's job to do that look what it says in 2 corinthians 3 18 so all of us who have, been, who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more as we are changed into his glorious image. So this verse is saying that the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, makes us more and more like Christ in everything as we're, as we're transformed into his glorious Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who does this work in us, and we must cooperate with him. We must uh, surrender to God's work and say yes whenever we sense God trying to transform us and to change us to become more and more like him. So what does God use us to grow? What, what sort of things does God use to grow us? Well, we're at the end of our PowerPoint anyway, so don't panic. We're fine. Just three more points. There's things that he uses. The first thing is God's word. And we've talked about this being biblically based. He uses 
his word to transform and change our thinking. Do you know what? If you change your thinking, then that will affect the way you feel about things. And then the way you feel about things will change the way you act. So knowing God's word and understanding how to live our lives, to, to think right, affects our feelings and the way we act. And that helps us to produce fruit like, of Christ-like character. So we need to read the Bible. We're transformed by God's truth. This is what it says in John chapter 8, 31 and 30, uh, chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, Truly, you are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The more and more you know God's word, the more and more you understand God's truth and that truth will set you free. The Bible's far more than a uh, doctrinal guidebook. It's far more than just something we've got to uh, learn by rote. God's word uh, generates life. It creates faith. It produces change. It frightens the devil. It causes miracles. It heals, hurts. It builds character. It transforms circumstances. It imparts joy. It overcomes adversity. It defeats temptation. It infuses hope. It releases power. It cleanses our minds. It brings things into being and guarantees our future forever. We cannot live without the word of God. So we must never take this for granted. This is what helps us to become more Christ-like as we understand it and as we look at it. We've got to make sure that our life is abiding in the vine as we abide in God's word, You know that we're connected to God and that we understand. So first of all, just we've got to accept the Bible's authority. If you don't believe that it's God's word, then what can you believe? You're open to everything else that might pop up and all different ideas that people just think up in their head. But if this is God's word, then it's to be obeyed completely as the authority, the only authority that stands firm in your life. Don't build your house on sand, build it on the rock. So accept its authority. The second thing you need to do is to actually assimilate the truth of God's word into your life. So not only accept it as the authority that you live under, but allow it to come and transform into your life. Now, you can do that by uh, reading the word, by hearing it as, as people speak from God's word. You can do it by studying it. You can do it by uh, memorising it, a different passage of scripture. You can do it by meditating on it and reflecting on it right throughout the day, thinking about different words. Assimilate God's word into your life. Help it to actually be lived in your life, not just to know it, but to obey it. And then the final thing is to apply its principles. So every time you're reading, ask yourself, what, what God do you want me to do? What now do you want me to do next? How can I develop more Christ-like character from what you're saying in your word? The first and clearest way that God grows us and helps us grow to become more like him is through his word. Second way he does that is through people. God uh, provides people to help us grow. But we talked last week about a loving Christian community. And the times it talks about, you know, love one another, 
care for one another, be kind to one another. Uh, the Bible just presupposes that everything that we do will be lived out in a loving Christian community. In many religions, it's true, isn't it, that the most holiest people withdraw from community, sometimes go and live on a hill somewhere or in a monastery right away from everything else. But that's not holiness. Being living on your own away from everyone else is, is, might be a, a proof that you can uh, survive on your own, but the Bible never talks about isolation and individualism as a way of being Christ-like. The way to really grow in Christian love is to learn from others and to love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. And the greatest command is to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbour as yourself. So our church is passionate not saying that the way to grow is not just to turn up here on Sundays. Uh, this is wonderful because we see each other and we interact with each other and we can connect over coffee and catch up and get to know each other at church. It's a fantastic time. Remember we talked about the hippo coming up for a breath of air and that's what we do on Sundays. But remember um, also small groups are so important. To, to share your lives with other people, to share around a meal, to share uh, opening God's word together, to, to go out and enjoy time together in Christian loving relationships. That's wonderful. In those environments, you can share your deepest struggles and hurts. You can share insights from God's word and you can grow to become more Christ-like. God uses the Bible. God uses people. We've got so many great courses that are not going to make you grow. We can't do that. But they're courses that are going to help create a healthy environment where you can grow in, that use God's word, that use people in small groups to share. You know, our Life Force programs help men and women and uh, people of all, all kinds of different groups that are available to help people grow. We've also got uh, other groups like um, how to read the Bible for all it's worth, where you can learn more about that and um, financial, um, helping to be good stewards with Crown Ministries. We've got small groups that meet every single week in people's homes and we've got many of those. And we, we want you to be able to realise that the Christian life is not to be lived alone. We need each other. Finally, the third way, thing that God uses to make us more is our circumstances. And God can use any circumstance that you're currently in to help you become more and more Christ-like. As I reflect on, on my time as a, as a Christian, I've constantly come across people that have grown in their Christian life and then got to this point and they've just stopped growing. You know, someone hurt them or someone uh, forgot them or neglected them or abused them and that stopped the growth. You know, the truth is, though, that that didn't stop the growth. The way they reacted to that situation uh, meant that they shut themselves up and said, I'm just going to stay here. I, I could get hurt. It might be too painful to unpack this. But the truth is that God can use any circumstance to help you become more loving, more forgiving. So remember that God's plan for us is that he he, wants, he can use every single thing for good in our lives if we're willing to respond with open hearts. So whatever your circumstance, whether it's wonderful or whether you're in deep, dark situations right now, 
God wants to help you through it so you can become more Christ-like. Now, often success can be our biggest times of, of challenge to be Christ-like. Some people find being successful goes to their head or they uh, you know, find themselves spending lots of money and getting themselves into debt. That can be just as difficult as being in deep, dark moments of de- despair and depression. God wants to help us in every circumstance become more like him. I just want to close now and we're going to finish. But just to let you know that growing takes time. It takes time. Don't think that you're going to become like Jesus tomorrow. And part of our growing value is that it's okay not to be perfect right now. just you know, God wants to keep helping you to become more and more Christ-like as you follow him through circumstances through his word and through interacting with people and God wants to help you through that over the long haul Satan will accuse you and say you blew it that's it Jesus will say hey you blew it you're forgiven come back and try again We want to be a church that's just saying, we all blow it. We wouldn't be here if we didn't realise that we need Christ desperately and his forgiveness and his salvation. So if you feel like you're sinful, lighten up. You are. And so am I. That's why we need Jesus. We don't want to stay that way. We want every habitual sin completely out of our life. We want to become to a point where we'd be completely holy, but we're living in a fallen world. And my guess is we're going to struggle for the rest of our lives to be completely Christ-like. But one day, glorification will come and we'll be like him. Uh, We'll be transformed. We'll be with him forever. So let's uh, keep growing together, church, as we become more and more Christ-like in every way. Let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, Boy, we need your strength. We need your empowerment. Only you can cause things to grow, God. And we just today want to surrender to you afresh. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. We just want to say yes. Help us read your word more, apply it to our lives and understand it, God. Help us uh, get get connected with people. God, help us be in a small group if we're not. And God, help us to really seek in those small groups and times where we're catching up with people to love one another and to to grow in our sharing. Oh, and God, we pray that in the midst of our circumstances, no matter how painful, no matter how difficult it is today, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the strength to never take our eyes off you so that we might one day look you face to face and that you would look at us and say, welcome home. Oh, God, we pray our church would be so mature, so spiritually mature as we continue to love and become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, right now we're going to uh, just respond and it'd be great if you right where you are have your blue cards in front of you would you just take a moment just to fill those out remember prayer requests can go on there remember our prayer 
news sheet uh, prayer notes come out every week. If you want to receive those, just put your email on that back spot, say send me the prayer notes. But if you have some prayer requests today or if there's a decision you're wanting to make, let's just fill those out right now. Well, we're going to continue to worship God now by giving. Um, This is just a sign of us continuing to grow, that we trust him with everything that we have and we give and we say, God, all that we have is yours. Some of us uh, look in the Old Testament and see how they used to have a a, a 10% tithe. Now, that's not a law that we have now, but we reckon it's probably a pretty good benchmark to, to look at. Now, the whole old New Testament talks about offering your whole bodies as living sacrifices. Everything that we have comes from him. So as we give today, some of us give 10%, some give more. Some of us uh, give we, we, as we feel directed. We all give joyfully, freely, and we give as part of our worship. So let's worship God as we give. Let's pray. Oh, God, you own it all. Oh, God, we just surrender to you now again our lives and all that we have. And we give to you. God, be glorified as we give. As we give, we're saying, we trust in you, Lord Jesus. We trust in you for tomorrow. We trust in you for all our needs. Be glorified. We worship you as we give now. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just put your blue cards in as it's collected, that would be great. As our offerings taken up, we're going to sing the song Eagle's Wings. Here I am waiting, abiding.